Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Late last night doing MLB Tonight with Dan Plesak and Mike Lowell. They do a great job all the time, and they really turn it on during the postseason, and and they are spectacular. So we're glad that Greg took the time and uh, woke up with us this morning here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? You know, I'm I'm doing well. I got to tell you that my relationship with Dan Plesak is starting to to strain. Um, it, It started happening about two weeks ago. And I noticed something, and the next day I noticed something, and then the third day, uh, he's stealing my thighs. If you, if you actually go back and watch the shows, I've been keeping my ties at work, and he's walking into a room that has a box of extra ties of mine, and he's taking them. And I don't know how to how to like, begin this conversation. I think it's going to be one that's going to almost ruin our friendship, but <laughs> I, that's really weird. And it's, it's, it's alarming. And I, I we're friends. Just ask me for a tie. And why do you got to go? Why do you got to go and, and, and start just snatching my ties? Does he man? keep like, them or does he return them to the box? He returns them with the same nasty tie, oh. in, in the same knot. He doesn't even unknot no. them. <laughs> well, no. We can't have this. You know what, wait, do you know what happens to a tie if you don't unknot it and you just throw it back in? It like wrinkles it forever. Right. Yeah. This is. I don't know, man. This Come is on, please beyond the pale. <laughs> Does he know that they are your ties? Yes, he knows. Oh, okay. He knows one thousand percent. He knows they're my ties. Greg, you, this is the essence of being big leagued. You, you, yes. Yes. Absolutely. I was trying to think of an analogy. Okay. So let's just say that Randy and I go on a on a golf trip, okay? And out of nowhere, uh, I, I, I'm missing a can of hairspray, and and I, I you know I gotta go to CVS day after day, and all of a sudden Randy's got a side spike, and it looks really good. <laughs> and I'm like, Randy, yo, what are you doing with your hair? And he's like, nothing, man. <laughs> Randy's, Randy's looking great with side spike, and I don't. I can't do my thing with my hair. So I, I just think friendship is all about, you know, trust and honesty. Yeah. And Dan Plesak, Dan Plesak is straining that trust right now. <laughs> this is going to find its way onto our social media pages. So Dan will find out about it indirectly. Uh, Greg, we got a lot, of get, lot to get to, but we did this yesterday, and I want you to answer this question. On August 1st of 2016, the Dodgers trade Jordan Alvarez to the Astros for Josh Fields. About a year and a half later, the Cardinals trade Alcantara, Gallen, uh, along with Magnurius Sierra and Daniel Castano for Mar- Marcel Ozuna. Which team among the Dodgers and the Cardinals made the worst trade? Oh, man, that's really hard. Because Alcantara has taken a step back, 
Um, I got to say the Jordan Alvarez trade is the worst trade. I don't know how, unless he has completely overnight changed his swing. I don't know how you part ways with him. Uh, Alcantara entered the big leagues. People saw what he looked like. Uh, Zach Gallon doesn't have the physicality that makes you go, wow, this is the next great starting pitcher. He's a very good pitcher, but he never threw 100 miles an hour and wasn't six foot six. So I, I look at it. How do you look at your Don Alvarez? And in my in my estimation, the greatest left-handed swing since I started working at MLB Network in 2009. The balance of such a large man is incredible. I, I, in, in, if you love baseball, the closest thing I've seen uh, to your Don Alvarez, and your Don Alvarez is better. It's hard to say he's already way better than this guy, Dave Parker. If, if, if you baseball fans that remember Dave Parker, with, he came over the Pirates and the Reds, and he played for the Oakland A's, and they were really good at the end of his career. Gigantic athlete, left-handed bat with incredible athleticism and balance. Your Don Alvarez, is, he's trying to be the greatest left-handed hitter in postseason history. Uh, he, he, if, you, if you go to like a, a minimum 50 games in the playoffs, which does eliminate Babe Ruth and only played in the World Series, and Bryce Harper isn't there yet, and Lou Gehrig only played in the World Series, but it's just like in the modern era, okay? Among players who played 50 games, the third best OPS for a left-handed hitter, third best, is Jordan Alvarez at 9-11. And then above him is Hideki Matsui of the New York Yankees. And the greatest OPS for any left-handed hitter in the playoffs, a minimum of 50 playoff games, is David Ortiz. And David Ortiz had, uh, uh, I don't need to remind Cardinal fans of this, he had, he had a postseason where he was legitimately Babe Ruth. So, I, I, for me, Jordan for me, Alvarez is, I, I throw this around a lot, on the Hall of Fame highway, to be clearly on the Hall of Fame highway and you're not close to 30 years old, you're pretty damn special. I would say the Jordan Alvarez trade is the most painful. Well, Greg, the other big talker here in town is the reports about Yadier Molina possibly coming back here to St. Louis, joining the coaching staff. What are your thoughts about that, and what role do you think he would have? Because maybe, I'm thinking, being the Cardinals bench coach. Yeah, I, I think bench coaches, you know, all signs are pointing in that direction. And if, if that is the case, uh, Ali Marmol better get off to a hot start because this will eliminate the drama of, well, who's the better option? Who are you going to hire? If you're going to get rid of Marmol, who is it? Is it Joe Madden? Like, this is going to eliminate that. And also, I was thinking about this. You know, Yadier Molina is never going to be a yes-man manager. Like, that's just not in his DNA. He, he's an instinctual player. He's going to be an instinctual coach. And you want that. You want his instincts. That's just, they're second to none. To me, this is eerily similar to um, an Alex Cora situation in Boston. And look, I'm not saying that that Yadi Molina is going to be the next manager of the Cardinals because if the Cardinals got to a great start next year and they could, Ali Marmol is the guy. John Mozeliak fully supports him. That is the manager that he wants to have. But but John Mozeliak only has a couple of years left in this recently signed final contract of his front office career. Uh, he's pointed that out at the press conference. Uh, he, he's trying to set the team up beyond him leading the front office. Well, here's the funny thing. When you win, everything's great. You don't really know what you got until there's adversity, right? 
you don't know how fast your family members are until your house is on fire. You might think they're all fast, but when the house is on fire, you find out that your brother Stevie can fly. So, so I think John Mozeliak looked around the room and realized, whoa, I don't think the long-term decision maker is in this room right now. So I want to leave this organization in the hands of at least someone who has instincts that can survive the fire. And I think that Yadier Molina, will, if the Cardinals get off to a bad start, if that happens, he's the manager waiting in the wings, and he will become the Cardinals' version of Alex Cora. What I mean by that, he's the foundational pillar of the organization. He remains when other GMs come and go, and I believe that is the direction that St. Louis is going to go in, which I think is the insurance policy Cardinal fans have been looking for when they face the adversity that they faced in 2023. Greg, Yachty said, well, we got reports that he said he would come back in some form of management or on the bench. What role do you think suits him best if he were to come back? I think bench coach. I think Brooke nailed it. I, th- I think he's the bench coach. He's in the year of Ali Marmol, and he is the manager in waiting. The second things start to go off the rails, I, I, there's no other place to put him. You're not going to put him in the front office. Like This This isn't going to be a Mike Matheny to the Royals situation where Mike Matheny went up to the front office with Dayton Moore, and they taught him analytics. <laughs> and because they they taught him analytics, he looked around and became friends with all the front office kids that love Boston former big leaguers around. And therefore, he wouldn't give them wedgies when they came down at the clubhouse. The second they realized Big Mike Matheny wasn't going to give them wedgies when they came down with his lineup, then they named him the next manager of the Kansas City Royals. So I don't think this is that situation. I think they know Yadier Molina is what he is. And for the, I, that's why I never believed that Molina was a managerial candidate. I never thought for a second that the Cardinals would go in that direction because John Mozeliak was so fed up with arguing with managers that he hired. He did it with Tony Larusa for years. That was the last time he was ever going to do it. He, he gives Mike Matheny a shot. Mike Matheny starts giving him pushback. He's like, are you kidding me? And then Mike Schilt gives him pushback. And he's like, are you, you told me you were going to be my yes man. And then he found Ali Marmol, who understood that he didn't have a ton of big league experience, but was willing to do what the job was descri- described as. And, and John Mozeliak loves him for it. So I never thought that Yadier Molina was going to be in this kind of a situation. But here we are after a really rough 2023 and the house is on fire. Jamo Zaylock realized who could run and who couldn't. And he needs someone who can sprint to go get the fire department. And that would be Yadier Molina. Greg, we love hypotheticals. I know you love hypotheticals, so I'm going to give you one. Game one, National League Division Series 2024, Citizens Bank Ballpark. Zach Wheeler is going to be on the mound at Citizens Bank Ballpark with that crazy crowd that we have seen. And Sonny Gray is starting for the Cardinals in game one. How do you feel about it? I don't know if that's the answer, Randy. I I know where you were leading, Nick. I've been down this path with you before. I was excited to hear the name Aaron Nola. Zach Wheeler at Citizens Bank Park. And then out of nowhere, you pull the rug from underneath my feet and you say Sonny Gray. I understand. I've seen this trick done to many a guest throughout your radio. <laughs> I, I, I would be disappointed. And, and, and the reason I, I say that 
Sonny Gray is a terrific pitcher, but if Sonny Gray was the cherry on top, I'm going to I'm going to counter your hypo—it's not even a hypothetical. Uh, your analogy, I'm going to give you my analogy. Okay. Uh, Sonny Gray is the cherry on top of a great Sunday. Unfortunately, the Cardinal Sunday doesn't have a banana and has no chocolate ice cream. So if you just give me some whipped cream, one scoop of vanilla ice cream, and, and a cherry on top, that's a pretty crappy Sunday. <laughs> And I'm not I mean, like Sunny Gray's a terrific cherry on top. That's a wonderful cherry. But I need the entire damn Sunday, and the Cardinals don't have it right now. They need a rotation full of horses, guys that give you innings. And Sonny doesn't do that. He's a five and dive, five and two thirds kind of guy. And I don't know how. I don't know how in the world the Cardinals didn't watch Arnola's last postseason start and not make him their number one target. It was surgical what he did, and, and it's stuff from the right side that, that it's pitchability that will age well. I'll put it that way. It's pitchability that will age well, and I think that has to be the number one target for the Cardinals, Aaron Nola. Hey, by the way, do you remember 1989 when the Cardinals signed Bryn Smith to be their prized offseason acquisition? He had a, an amazing red beard. How would he I did. ever? Fantastic. <laughs> I was really excited. I actually put Christmas lights on my on a on a bush out front of my house in the in letters B R Y N S M I T H. I was really excited. He that's how it would turn out if the Cardinals would sign Sonny Gray, Bryn Smith, who might go out and start the very first game for an expansion team. But do you want him starting game one at Citizens Bank Ballpark? No. Do you know what's amazing about you, Randy? Like, your nerdy <laughs> stories um, are so massive that that Cardinal Nation actually caught up to your nerdiness. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you couldn't tell that story in 1989, right? No, you couldn't no. do that. But because I don't think you had the Jordash genes to back it up. <laughs> but, but, but now... You can tell that story. People are like, oh, my gosh, that would be an amazing TikTok. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> like Cardinal Nation has caught up to your nerdiness, man. Well done. Thank Excellent. you. <laughs> Greg, nice. just real quick before we go on the topic of Aaron Nola, how much do you think is too much for Aaron Nola? Because we were discussing Bob Nightingale had the report that supposedly when they were looking at discussions, Aaron Nola was looking at eight years, 200 plus million. What do you think that price range will be like? And is there a number that might be too much for the Cardinals to reach? No, no where the Cardinals are right now. So I, I look at free agency and you can't go about this with a budget for the entire package that you need. It's it, To me, it, it's one bridge at a time. If you don't address it that way financially in free agency, you're gonna you're never going to cross a bridge. You're going to fall into the creek. And worry about Sonny Gray and who, or whoever you're going to sign next after you get the big fish, and, and Aaron Nola should be that for the St. Louis Cardinals. I love Blake Snell as well. He's going to really garner a ton of money. But Aaron Nola has every right to ask for eight years, $30 million a year. Based on what we've seen other pitchers get, uh, that's what he's going to gun for. Do I think he's going to get $240 million? No. But that's where he's going, and that's where he's going to go. He's, he's going in that direction. $30 million a year AAV for eight years. I think it's going to be over $200 million. And the Cardinals need to be the team that wins that, that bidding war. It's just the way it is. And, and then after after you get him, then you, you you know regroup. And what do we have left to fix the other spots in this rotation? If you think you're going to get any of these free agents to give you the hometown discount to St. Louis, is such a chipper place to play. That just doesn't happen anymore, man. Free zoo. We got a free zoo. 
<laughs> free zoo, and you got you got baseball fans putting lights in their. Uh, Sorry, yeah, we, we, worry. I kind so, of blacked so, out. So, yeah, so it was colorful lights on the shrubbery, big giant bushes out front, and I spelled out Bryn Smith for Christmas. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you not going to get that anyway. Randy, you repeated the story. <laughs> okay, uh, number one, the, the Diamondbacks don't come back, do they? No, no, okay. no, no. So, so, so that's safe. Does Houston come back? No. No, I don't think so. I think I think they, uh, they they made an emotional decision by giving the ball to Max Scherzer. The rest of the team is is loaded for bear, and they're better. They were going to battle back. It's a it's a rarity that they gave up eight runs in Globe Life. But I, yeah, I I think the Rangers will move on and play the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series. We learned a lot today, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. Oh, well, when, are you, are, when are you coming into town, by the way? We've got a KCLC reunion. Is that next month or is it later this yeah, month? Yeah, it's like November, November uh, 9th and 10th or something like that. They've got all these fun things. Like, there's, a, there's an event called Coffee and Conversations, and it's going to be on Thursday. Well, I can't make it. Do you know how much I would enjoy Coffee and Conversations <laughs> about KCLC? I would absolutely love it, but I... Some people don't live in the St. Louis metro area, so I uh, I'll be grinding to get there, but I will be there for the football game. So, unfortunately, can you believe that's what the first thing I'll do is tailgate? That's just so not my mo. So not my mo. Uh, Thirty seconds, and I used this one when I went into the Lindenwood Hall of Fame when I was at KCLC. One year, everybody in school, everybody at KCLC left town, so I was the only person they had to do morning DJ, news director, sports director. I did everything. <laughs> I, I turned the station up, and we were a smooth jazz station at the time. And I determined unilaterally that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like all jazz music, so anything that had a saxophone wound up being jazz. So I'm playing Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run, and the general manager comes in and says, Randy, you can't play that. And I said, well, it's got a saxophone, it's jazz. He said, no, it's not. you got to play what's on the playlist. And I said, well, get somebody else. And then he turned white as a sheet. And he said, okay, play what you want. I thought this story was going down a dark path. Oh, no, no. I changed the format of the radio station of my own volition. Uh, I was picturing Randy Carriker sitting in a pair of jam shorts, shirtless, and enjoying the fact that no one was going to come into that radio studio because you were the only one. On it has happened. It has happened. Not, not me, but it has happened. Oh. <laughs> Greg, have a great day. We'll be tuned in tonight. MLB Tonight on MLB Network. All right. You guys are the best. Take care. Thanks, brother. That's Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on, on 101 ESPN.